my life be like. This week's episode of Make Climate Cool Again. I'm your host, Sarah Miltenberger, where we talk about positive climate change and we meet inspiring entrepreneurs that are making a difference on the planet. So I love this week's interview. Um, Sebastian's really awesome. And um, before we get into him and his background, so a few of you messaged me about last week's episode and how I was pretty fired up but that there's this that there's this sense of you know we really as a sustainability community with everything going on in the world right now like it's easy to be really overwhelmed it's easy to feel upset it's easy to be paralyzed and and feel like what can you even do and I think what we have to remember is one we have to remember our audience we have to remember who we're talking to and we do talk about climate change and we need to remember that there's so much opportunity out there and we really can change the world together if we want to and if we are just put our heads together if we connect with each other I just think that there's such a powerful opportunity to to come together and we all have skills in different areas and different passions and everything can be sustainable if we wanted to and I think that's just something that we, we shouldn't forget. And it kind of leads me into my introduction of Sebastian because you know he's a businessman, he's an environmental crusader, he started a company called Arclight and what's insane is that he was working in sort of communications before but he developed this unique proprietary upcycling technology to convert non-recyclable plastics into an innovative product for use in construction projects and as a substitute for gravel and it's really really cool what what he does and you know I think TerraCycle gets a huge um, is a huge brand in the conversation of upcycling, um, but I think ArcLight is is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And something that he said at the end, what we're going to be doing now at the end of podcast episodes is sort of you know having a final piece of advice or just thought piece to to take away with you at the end. But something he said was along the lines of if sustainability was free everyone would do it and I think when we when we talk about sustainability or when you hear about brands or when you think about products and you're always like oh well they cost a little bit more well you know it's easy and free to take stuff anyone can go to a river and take water anyone can go uh apparently can just cut down a bunch of trees and make them into paper anyone can drill a hole into the ground and and pump it out for oil. I mean, that's what we've seen. That's how we've operated as a world. We, we find something that's valuable to other people in the, on the planet. And we're like, oh, let's just sell this and not even think about maybe making sure that this business is 
eco-friendly or that I'm encroaching on natural habitats or I'm taking away land from Native Americans or indigenous people. Like we just as a society have just not cared about anything. Um, we just do what we want. And it's funny because I'm going to bring up a game that I think a lot of people are talking about right now that I just started playing called Animal Crossing New Horizons. Has anyone been playing this game? Um, you know, it's been what was it released in the early early spring and right in the height of quarantine so everyone started playing it and I just got it recently because I did not want the distraction um and I've decided to check it out and the game continues that same messaging let me pick up all the pears let me collect all the bugs let me collect all the branches so that I can build a build my house bigger and buy new clothes and and do this and that. And there there's just no sense of okay, if I take down this tree, uh what what that cost is going to be in the game. Or if I clear off this land and get rid of all these natural things um there's no cost there is a sense of balance like you want to make sure you have a certain number of plants and things like that so that you can continue to survive like there's a sense of sustainable farming and agriculture in that way you need to make sure you have enough fruit and you need to make sure that you don't break all the rocks and obviously animal crossing is a game it's not real life um but I just found it interesting as uh, observation and something that they do also have in the game is a recycling bin. Basically, you can go check out this bin and if anyone had a construction project on your Animal Crossing Island or um, any there's any waste, they put it in the bin to see if someone else wants it. And I think that's really cool that they did that. And it brings us all back to our guest Sebastian because yes we're upcycling waste into a new product but it's the same idea of like one man's trash is another man's treasure. Sebastian's company is looking for waste to be a supply chain material for their company and so I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. He is a wealth of information and knowledge, and I just found his story really inspiring, and I hope you do too. How are you? So long. So many. I know. <laughs> I know. It does feel like we chatted like yesterday, but also like it was a year ago. I don't know. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm kind of moving a couple of tons of equipment too, so I I know the feeling. <laughs> so yeah. I got everything around, like a lot of motors and tools and things all around the place. And but yeah, so it's, uh, it's that you know, it's like I I wanted to end, but I'm also enjoying it. It's like I I, got, I already wanted to have everything connected and ready, and mm-hmm. but I had a I had a meeting with a new mechanical engineer. It's gonna be part of the team, and and it was really fun because they were like, for him it's like a Lego, you know, he's like yeah. building stuff and getting all the parts together. 
So we had a we had a great talk, and and he remembered me of all the all the work I've been doing during the past yeah. years and how I started with home machine. So yeah, having fun. That's interesting because, so I'm not an engineer. I'm so far from an engineer, but I'm surrounded by people that are engineers. So it's always like interesting having conversations because engineers have just such a specific way of thinking in terms of how to break things down. You know, they're, it's not that they're pro, they're not really process oriented. They're just like design. They're like trying to break things down and Whereas I'm more like process oriented. I'm like, okay. And then like, this is step one and step two. And, and engineers are just like pulling things apart and like trying to figure out how they work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're very analytic. It's like, they, they, they like to dismantle and see how, yeah. And sometimes it's like, I, I have no explanation about it. So it's the way it is, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I'm going to accept that my phone works. I don't know how it works. I have no interest in learning how it works. <laughs> I just accept that it does, and I'm annoyed when it doesn't, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. And you're so, happy like that. I'm, I'm happy, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, thank you so much for, you know, and I, and I think back to kind of how I even found out about Arclight, um, and just really was it like happen chance that I discovered your company and I feel like, you know, we've chatted before and what you're doing is really amazing. I wanted to give you a chance to tell your story a little bit in terms of how you came up with the idea for basically turning trash into a building material that is really, really useful. And, you know, it's something that anyone can use in any kind of home project, building project things like that. Okay, sure. So, <clears throat> well, I think the, the thing that kind of guided me to the construction industry is that I was looking into uh, uh, something that could be a real, real solution, like a big scale solution. And when I started uh, relating to sustainability and recycling and, and renewable energies and all those kind of green um, things that started to come to my life, I've always uh, seen that the solutions were very low scale, right? Like making a countertop, making a backpack, you know? And I think those kind of things are really good as regarding to the message because you are creating awareness, you are making, I don't know, helping kids to build something out of uh, recycling, you know, recycling stuff. But when I kind of started to realize the millions of tons of plastics that are discarded every year, I, I thought we, we need to find something really big. And that's why I, I, I decided to go to the construction industry as the destination for, for our plastics. And that's how the idea came up. So, you know, I think a couple of people that listen to this podcast from the early beginning know that I've worked sort of in the built environment a little bit. And what I've kind of discovered is that the construction industry, because it, you do work with so many different kinds of materials, it's one of the first industries that really pioneered sustainability and also material transparency. And I say that because of probably because of lead to some to some level, the lead uh, building standard for energy efficiency. So people became a little bit more aware about buildings and how like 
what they're being built with, how they're using energy and heat and all that stuff. And so then people were taking it a step further and they were making, you know, there's a company that makes um, rugs or recycles rugs and makes them into products. Or uh, there's a ton of companies that are making concrete with glass, recycled glass, things like that. So I think that there's just this huge attention on how do we, for these large scale construction projects, you can make a really big impact on one building, you know, just, just changing up some of the materials. So I think it's amazing that, you know, you're continuing the push in this space to take something that is like in a landfill or could, would just be landfilled and actually is useful from a day to day that could be literally used anywhere. You can use it, you know, on the West coast, East coast, it's not like, or you know, anywhere in the world, it's not just subject to one area that you can like you know it's only helpful in places with more sun or whatever so i just think that the concept is so simple but makes such an impact well you know? yeah definitely so so one thing with the construction industry is that they are always struggling with two things here they they want to be more and more efficient regarding the, I mean, economically and financially, because it's a big business, so every penny counts because mm -hmm. the multiplying effect is very big. And they also wanna be more efficient on the environmental area because they know that they generate big impact too. So this internal fight, the construction industry is the one we, we face every day. Every time I, I go out and tell them, okay, we got this product, which is, uh, has all these environmental benefits and, and, and we still need to find in, in that internal struggle from the, from the industry, which are the ones which are more, you know, leveraged to the side of, okay, I, I do care, really care about making a difference because I know the impact I can. It's sides of the coin, you know, like, like, and, and we're always, we always playing with, with these characters, which are, well, but how much does it cost? If that's the first question, we say, oh, okay, we're in trouble here. But if the first question is, oh, really, is it recycled? Oh, really, can I use it in this place? Or can I use it for this other place or, or for this other use? Then we say, okay, this is, this is the, we are, we're on the right direction. So that's the main, I mean, the main challenge with an industry which is so, tra so traditional because it's an old school and it's looking to reinvent. So it's trying to find out how to become better and they still don't know. So we have this, a lot of old school people and a lot of new engineers adding new concepts. So it's, um, it's a challenge. It's, it's great because every time we, we engage with someone which is committed, we have great conversations. And, and again, going back to what we said before, the impact because of the scale of what they do, it's, uh, it's really big. So it, it's every time we kind of close a deal or, 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 or some kind of um, project, it's, it's really, we're, we're really, really happy because we know, we know that makes a big difference. And are you seeing that more companies are asking the question or are asking, wow, or saying like, wow, this is so great that it's green or, or are companies 
more hesitant because they are like, okay, what's the cost? Are you seeing more people willing to to buy into ArcLight versus shy away? Well, what I feel is that, it, let's say we started this five years ago, six years ago. And at that time, it was very difficult to find someone like interested in what we're doing. Now, nowadays, every company we go to, there's someone that's gonna be interested. So that's a big difference. But then this guy or this person needs to sell it within the company. So that's a different thing. It's like we say it's easier to sell it to, the, can you know, go over this first line and then depending on how the company is structured and what the power of these new uh, lead departments or environmental or sustainability, uh, how, how easy it is to make this, you know, drain inside the company and, 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 and make it a, a new standard. So, but, but I would say it's, uh, it has been a, a, a big um, growth or, 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 or improvement in the, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, we had t- kind of touched on it lightly before, but I think what I'm curious about is how did you discover that you could make plastic into gravel. I mean, I, I've watched videos of the factory. I think it's amazing. I think everyone should go check it out on YouTube. They do a whole factory tour. Um, but I think like, I mean, again, I'm not an engineer. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just curious as to how you thought of it because, you know, I know you said you wanted to do something that makes a big difference, but you know, you basically like literally invented a product which is insane. Like, so we have now have a product because you thought of it and you invented it, but I'm just curious, how did you do that? Well, I, I'll tell you what I, what, what I remember, you know, because after all these years, you are not even sure if that's a memory or something you make up as part of the story. You know, it's a dream. Like <laughs> yeah. So many things had happened in the past five years, but, but, what, what I have really, like, like one, one of the, the experiences I had, which was, because I don't have any, any construction background, right? So my, my background is on the environmental side. And this, when I first decided, okay, let's go for construction. Let's go for, let's see what we can find in the construction industry. And I started, you know, uh, investigating and found a lot of researches about grinding the plastics, and mixing it with concrete it's like i thought about that like like putting the plastics under the carpet you know you can just hide them in there and they will be you know in a safe place instead of being in a landfill so that's how everything started okay these are there's a lot of people around the world pieces from universities professors you, you can if, if you look around there are a lot of things but the first time what i what i engineer a friend and who has a big construction industry in Argentina he's a big construction company and I told him okay I need to I have this idea he said okay yeah you can come we are you know raising this huge building in this area and I will have some some people to help you with the mix and so I've arrived to the place with a bag filled with ground plastics which is like you know it's like a it looked like a 
pillow, you know, because it's like, you know, the plastics, when it's, once it's ground, it's, it's really light, you know, and it's like difficult to handle and to, to manage. So when I, I saw this guy who, who was a, a construction guy and told him, okay, we need to mix this two thirds of these plastics with one third of this, because we, we had all this math that we have been doing in, in our office. And the guy, he just looked at me like, what's this? Like, I, I don't even know what two thirds of a gallon is. I know, you know, one bucket, two buckets. I know what gravel is. I don't know if, if how can I collect this? If, if. And so that phase, I, I thought that there wasn't, there wasn't, a, at that point, a very good future for our product, which was just brown plastics. And I kept thinking, okay, how can I make this a different user experience? And they, I think they, you know, the idea came when I decided, okay, let's imitate one product that is already familiar for the regular construction guy, not for the engineer. For the guy who's there, you know, carrying the buckets and, and mixing the concrete. And, and the next time I got there, I was like, okay, this is a gravel. We call it gravel because just, just for, you know, association. Because it, as you said, it's a new product. It's something different. But, and the guy said, okay, yeah, sure. He give it to me. And he just mixed it as, as if it were the regular mineral gravel. And that was the moment where we said, okay, we have a product and it's a good fit that doesn't require any training, that doesn't add uh, complexity, it's really easy. And that's what it makes it like, because it's a commodity, it's a really, as you said, very simple product. It gives it all these many different applications. Yeah, and I, I think that's amazing. And I think what we've seen as a theme on the podcast and really just with any like really great, successful, sustainable product, is that it has to be as good or better than the the conventional product that is you know what everyone buys or is popular or whatever oh and and not only that but it has to be really easy to use you know it should just sit, fit seamlessly into their life i mean when you're asking people to do more work to be sustainable, that's like one of the biggest ways for people to not be sustainable. They're like, I don't want, I'm already busy. I already do so much. I don't want to do more work. So it's like, how can you make it really easy? And almost, I like to think of it as passive, passive ways to become more sustainable. You don't even know that you're being green. You just, it's just like, it's just how it is. And I think yeah. if we really, want to live in a in a world that is you know that pays attention to climate change we need to start building in those passive strategies um and those products that make people just think that they're going about their day and it's automatically green like that's the standard yeah, yeah. so yeah i think that that's the key like like making it a new standard the only way to turn it into a new standard is to make it easy and the other thing that we focused a lot was in highlighting or or finding the benefits for people who doesn't believe in climate change you know like or who doesn't care about the environment because if we want to only depend on someone i don't know people like you and me who are connected to what's going on and and it's easier to make that additional effort but 
I didn't want to depend on that. So I, I wanted to go out and anyone from, from the believers to the non-believers being able to say, okay, I like the product. And if it's greener, it's, if it's green, even better. Okay, that's why yeah. kind of how, how we presented it. Do you ever get people that just like don't, don't get it? So I, I, I asked this because I recently was on a call with um, some potential like new mentors and they were significantly older than me, definitely like my grandparents' age, men, my grandparents' age. And they were kind of like asking me questions about my business and stuff. And one of them, after 45 minutes of talking, one of them was like, I still don't get it. It's just like, do you ever get people that just, they're just like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get this. Why is this important? And so how, how do you go about that? <laughs> if you don't have an answer, it's fine. Um, but I'm just no, curious. It's, it's a great question because we get it every day. It's like, yeah, all the time, all the time we get, we get like the, let's say the normal or our standard, which is okay. Yeah, we like it. I'd like to know more. We got the fans that want, they want to use it for everything. And we need to tell them, no, 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 this is not for everything. You know, it's like, <laughs> and then yeah. you got the guys who say, why would I use this? If there's a ton of gravel out there, if gravel is free, if it's there, if it's, and, and at that point it's like, if I need to tell this guy that for him to have a bag of gravel, someone went out to mine, blow a mountain pieces to bring it here. It's like, that's a, that's a lot to tell. And we are too far away. So I think, and, and this is something I, I work a lot with our business development team. You know, it's frustration. This is, not everyone is the perfect customer. Not everyone is the perfect audience for what we do. And, and I, I guess I'm, I'm an expert or, or I know a lot, a lot about this, but I'm assuming this happens in every industry, right? So you need to know which fights you're going to pick and, and say, okay, this, this guy, is, it's worth convincing him because he's almost there and I can give that little push and, and help in. And these other guys, well, maybe in a year, once they, you know, are, I don't know, more connected to this, or maybe they, they get their competition to start using our product and then they call us or they see us in the newspaper and they're like, I've already called you like 10 times and now you are calling me because you saw me on the news. Well, yeah, it's still valid. If, 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 if that's the way it is, you need to be flexible on that. You know, it's funny, Sebastian, I, lo I love how you said that because it's not really worth anyone's time to like me convince you to hire a sustainability person if you don't even know what environmental and social governance is, you know? So it's like, I, I get, but because it's just too hard to bridge that gap. There's got to be some desire or just like general awareness to be able to make that kind of investment. And, and, and also in your case where you're pitching to people who then have to go on and sell it to somebody else in their company, they have to have a really good grasp of, of what you're doing and you know, generally feel your passion about the product and be able to explain it in a way that will make sense to their coworker or their leadership. So I think that's a really good point though is, is but, is the is finding out who who's your target market right you know some people are just 
not, God, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. It's not that they're not <laughs> worth educating. It's just, they need to be educated before you have a, a, a sales conversation. So I think that's, that's very interesting though. It, it's like, it, it's, there's so many different people out there. Not everyone also, I am thinking not everyone really, I don't know, has to be, you know, connected because they, they have other things also going on. So what I've decided is like, okay, this is not the, not, it's not the good time for this, you know, it's not a good timing, let's wait. And, but maybe a couple of years, be, I don't know, before I could have felt like, I don't know, oh, why, why I didn't take that marketing position at Coca-Cola, you know, I was like, <laughs> I want to just, just throw everything away and say, why I'm not working on an office nine to five, you know, like with their fixed salary. And then once you get to, I don't know, you go out there one more time and then you get one good validation and then you feel like, you know, on top of the world. And this is the roller coaster of startups. You know, it's like you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. And, and depending on who you meet, is that how, how, what are you going to receive? You know, it's like this feedback. Mm -hmm. So it's fun. It's fun. I, I like to. So that's why also we are working a lot in trying to get, because we are, we are B2B, right? We sell tons of gravel to big companies. But I think we can have this role of somehow spreading awareness and that's why we sell small bags you know we're on amazon with a small bag or or a home depot or or in retail stores in argentina this the, the business is not there i mean but that bag that reaches one house makes these people this family think about it and and i think that's why we that's our of collaboration with what's going on and 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 it's a way to to spread this yeah oh yeah it's for sure and it's funny because you have one side of the spectrum you have people that just that don't get it right as we talked about but then you have the other side of the spectrum where you have sustainable sustainability people that are just like so over overly cautious and like have to ask all these questions, you know, on the scale of bad to worse, where, where do I fit? You know? And cause I, cause I know that we had talked briefly about how, you know, when you talk about any kind of plastic, there is some degradation at some point, at some point you have to, you do have to kind of worry about microplastics. And I'm just sort of curious, you know, I know that you've had this conversation before with people and, um, and you, as an alternative to, you know, these plastics ending up in landfill, what has been like your response and, and what kind of conversations have you been having about microplastics with your product? Well, I think, uh, I think it's, I mean, plastics is now kind of in, in everyone's mind, you know, everyone's concerned about plastics and, and it's totally uh understandable because it's it's a big issue and what what we what i used to say is that there's no zero impact on anything we do i mean everything we do creates some kind of impact so what we're trying to do is to find the best possible solution with the tools and the options that we have by hand i mean every bit every gram of plastic created 
in the past 50 years is still out there, right? Every, every part of it. So if, you wanna, if you're gonna ask me, what do you prefer? Just to keep dumping the plastics and just stay as we are, or finding this solution, which, is, we, which we of course love because we, we do it and we are convinced it's great, but is it the perfect solution? No, the perfect solution would be, I've invented a laser that just evaporates. Okay, that's kind of the perfect. We don't have it. It's, it's not going to happen in a long time. So in the meantime, solutions like the one we are offering and many others, because there are many other solutions and startups and ventures coming up with new ideas, it's like getting there, you know? We are in the, in the process of getting to the perfect solution. And that's why we also consider ourselves uh, uh, an R&D company, right? We never stop investigating. And we are not just happy making gravel. We are new, working on new products. We are making on making this one better, more efficient, more durable, and 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 that's part of of uh, of, of being part of the change, right? That that we want to see out there. And so, having said this, that that we we don't consider ourselves like a definite solution. Um, I do. I think something is important to separate here for people which is concerned about microplastics. And it's that plastics, we, we see plastics on everything, right? You, you have plastic mugs, you know, plastic pots for your plants. Yeah, you can't look around the room without saying everything plastic. plastic. Mm -hmm. So you, you transport your groceries on a plastic bag or it comes wrapped in a plastic film, right? It has been in the thing with plastics is it's a safe material if you keep it, you know, if it's, if it's out there, I mean, being useful for something, you know, like, like if it's wrapping something, if it's holding up the water you're drinking, if it's whatever. So if it's, if it's a product, then it's a product. And, and it's fine because it's safe. It has a lot of testings already, of course, of, uh, Imagine all the plastic uh, water bottles, right? It's like everyone drinks from plastic and that's safe because it's a product. The problem is when you discard those plastics, what's going to happen afterwards? And then uh, that's when the problem starts, not, not, not with the product itself. So if these plastics go to a water course, then they will be de degraded or or broken into smaller parts which are the microplastics and the problem is not only that it's going to be broken but it's also it's going to be um you know like it's, it's going to drain out so it's going to be all around and, and a, a bottle broken into a thousand pieces of plastic could end up in i don't know in anywhere in the world because of of, of the water how the water circulates so what we need to do is to take, I think, that, that idea of materials made with recycled plastics, they are as safe as any material made with virgin plastic, any product made with virgin plastics, right? It's just a new product. What we need to do is we need to keep it safe and we need to find a safe destination for it, which could be, uh, could be a landfill, which is not the ideal, but we, it will keep it out of, the, out of the environment, I mean, out of the water course. Or it could be recycling, which is the ideal, right? So the the problem I, I I'm always and, and and this is a conversation that I could 
I could, I don't know, I could have for hours because again, it's like, what's yeah. the less words, you know, what, what's it, what's the, yeah. what's in, in the balance? What is the one we want to pick? Yeah. Well, plastic is here to stay and, and plastic is safe. As soon as you put it on the right bin, once you finish using it. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I think it's funny because I have this conversation all the time where it's like some people that are like, we can't consume anything. I don't think that's realistic. But I remember I got really annoyed. I mentioned this on an IG Live. There's an Instagram out there called Chicks for Climate. And they had posted this, you know, long post about um, things that people should be aware of, right? And they were saying how they were bashing Starbucks because Starbucks is, you know how Starbucks came out with that like nitro cold brew lid. So you have like the lid that you can sip out of. You don't mm -hmm. need a straw. So they were saying that that lid has more plastic in the design than using a regular top with lid or top with a straw. So like the regular top with a straw has less plastic than this new, new lid. And they were like bashing Starbucks. And I kind of was like, I think you're missing the point, Chicks for Climate, because now you're looking at, okay, this is only two pieces of plastic that someone can just throw in the bin, whereas versus now I've got a straw that can't be recycled, that, you know, is three pieces of plastic that people have to deal with. And then, you know, the straw comes with a wrapper, and but sustainability people just get like sometimes so wrapped up in these small things things that I'm like, there, there are worse options. We really have to understand how consumers use things to make really smart, thoughtful decisions. And I think Starbucks, I mean, you can disagree with me, but I think that was like the best option that they could have considering their product. I, I think also it's kind of the, this eternal fight between plastic bags and paper bags, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you, you I love can, this. yeah. You can, you can have that discussion for hours. And when I go to a plastic chamber, everyone's like, wow, because plastic bags, you can reuse it and you can this and that. And, and so it's, and they show you the carbon footprint once you use it, reuse it like 10 times and it's awesome. But who reuses it 10 times or, or how, ma how many people reuses it versus the paper, which has this other benefit because it's biodegradable, but you are, you know, cutting trees down that you well, it's like the discussion can go forever so the important is let's try to be more responsible on our everyday acts and let's just take our bag to the market for example right take our reusable bag and finish that discussion or if we don't we haven't let's reuse that plastic bag as many times as you kind of neutralize its impact there's a way and i mean there's no again there's no perfect solution and you always have different thoughts on 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 what is the, the perfect or, or what's the, the the better solution but i agree with you that having a brand which is showing concern which is trying to i mean communicate an idea and get people aware well we are removing straws because everyone at some point everyone was speaking about straws right oh it's straws it's devil okay we as a brand, we are committing to stop using that. And, and I think that's still something. Of course, it would be even better if every one of us would go to a Starbucks every day with their own cup. 
right? Ideal world. That, yeah. that would be, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's so many layers and things we can do. And again, going back to the first thing we, we said, we need to find something that's a new standard so we can really make it, you know, like, like really scale up and have everyone doing it without even realizing. That would be the perfect solution. Yeah, and I, I, I love that you brought up the paper versus plastic controversy because I think that's the best example of just how how like people in sustainability are still at odds with each other. Like there are still people that will argue paper is better and there are people that will argue the plastic is better. And I think what really matters is the reason why you're doing it and 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 how you're going about it and how you're educating whatever whoever company it is, like I think companies are know that they're doing a lot of them that are trying to be sustainable are doing the best they can or are trying to figure out ways to to go green within their within their product. It's very hard. What you've done is awesome because you started from the ground up being sustain like you literally created a product that was sustainable in its DNA. Whereas I think what's causing like problems is companies have been doing their thing for as long as they can remember, right? Plastic's only been around for 70 years. So, you know, they've just been used to it and now they have to backtrack on how they've been doing things and, and making any kind of change. When you're a large company, even a small company, you're trying to do what you can afford and um, it's tough, it's tough. So I think any company that's starting or there's anyone, anyone out there that wants to start a business, start to be green from the beginning because yeah. it's very hard to go backwards um, and change it up in the future. Yeah, well, but th this, that's also an opportunity for, for startups and, and new projects because these companies they are, because their, their DNA is, is so kind of outdated already, it's, uh, they now start to partner with companies like ours to compensate what what they they have no way to turn back you know it's like as you said it's like people are already educated to go and grab the cap at, at the at starbucks they won't be this i don't know it's going to be difficult to for them to re-educate everyone but now that's why we are working with big companies that are conscious of that but saying, well, somehow I need to compensate this, or I would like to compensate it, either by working with a startup like yours or, or by um, helping spread the word of what you're doing or by sponsoring or there are means to work with companies like ours and, and start uh, you know, make, making a difference, especially because the good thing or, or the, the, the thing here is that these big companies they also scale, you know, it's like they have the, the, the range of, of, the, of everything they do is great. So if, if one of these big companies makes this small shift by helping you, by, by telling your story or by partnering, that's a, a huge impact they're doing. Yeah, and I love that you said that you're having more, more conversations or people or, or companies are really you know, willing to adopt new technologies and, and to kind of incorporate your, um, your product into what they're doing because the ability to scale in sustainability is, you know, it's like the dream. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And so, for example, some of our customers are packaging manufacturers, right? And about 50% of the plastic products that are generating every year, they are, they are already born as unrecyclable, right? Because of different uh, characteristics. And one of that is um, the flexible packaging that you see wrappings for, for potato chips, for cookies, mm -hmm. and all those kind of things. And the manufacturers, they know there's no other solution because the only way to keep those cookies, let's say, um, for two, three, four months on a, on a store without them, you know, rotting or whatever, and, and to keep the quality of that is by using this unrecycled plastics because that's the only thing that could protect the content and and they know that they're working in new technologies which of course are much more expensive so then there's a new thing a new conversation that is is the customer willing to pay more for a more sustainable packaging for the same product it's like so this is there are different layers of conversation but what they have decided is like okay we can't do anything about this right now we, we need to keep manufacturing this type of packaging. That's what the market needs. But we want to send to you all this crap we're producing, for example, that is currently sent to a landfill. We want to send it to you. And we actually charge these companies for solving their problem. We provide a service as the same as a landfill, but our service is sustainable. And, and they are, yeah, sure, we, we, we want to do it because it's a no-brainer. We are already paying to landfill. And, and you can solve it and you can solve our problem. And, and that's kind of the industrial pre-consumer part. But now they're engaging with us on campaigns to go out there and recover the plastic that have already been used. And because we don't have the reach, because we don't have the resources, because of being a, a very small company, they are providing us the resources to get out there and be able to capture those plastics for them, let's say, in a way, right? So there are different ways to to generate impact without um, transforming the whole industry. You know, that's that's a good thing about us. We are pretty flexible and, and easy to fit in, in different for, for different companies and different solutions. I love that. I love that um, the company you're working with is doing that because you know they're really taking responsibility for you know before a consumer uses their packaging and they're trying to trying to capture it back at the end. And I think that that is really what anyone who's creating packaging should do. Just like finding, cause that, I mean, that's what makes it circular. I mean, that's like the whole concept of the circular economy and which is amazing. And that, you know, I think that's like the ideal world. And I know Apple and Samsung and all these huge tech companies are tr like racing to figure out how to create a circular economy with their products. So, um, that's why I think your company is awesome because you're like trying to find solutions for, for that kind of strategy. And, you know, who knows what someone will come up with for what to make your gravel into next from, you know, or even yourself, if you're even thinking about, okay, we are making trash into gravel. What, what would be the next type of product after that? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, 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 definitely. We we are always trying to 
to find new things to do. And I just had a call like, like, and yeah, this morning with a, an R and D, um, eminence, you know, a, a great, a, a R and D leader at Dow chemicals, you know, with that, those are the number one PE producers in the world, polyethylene producers in the world. And, and it was great because I've reached out to him like, well, we are having, I having some questions regarding some of part of the process. I don't know if you would like to maybe share some of the information you have. And, and he told me like, well, you know, we are here. We have been in conversation for a while already, of course. Right. But he called me and he said, do you have some time? Because I, first of all, I appreciate you calling us for help because we are the leaders in the world making this. And we want to help you help us because we are taking care of our plastics. So, First of all, feel free to call me, to ask me. And he started telling me a lot of technical details. That's from, amazing. From, so, I mean, where is this going to end up? I don't know. But it's like this mindset, having someone from a company, like in a high position calling me, saying, you know, they're Dow, you know, they're, they're, they're big. They're Dow Jones. They're, it's like they're big. And they're calling us. We have this facility in Santa Ana we're putting together and he said like anything you need from us i'm gonna send you the bags you test it then you call me back and we'll be happy to help so um that gives us a like a lot of new resources that can help us get into new products get into a better product and and improve performance without you know hiring a team of engineers because i can't so that's, that's part of the synergy we're trying to generate with companies. I love it. That's amazing. And it, and it just goes back to show that like every, like there are really big companies thinking about this that, you know, and they need to, and they know they need to. And, you know, I'm really glad that you've created an opportunity for them to, um, to do something with their plastic and to, and not only to, I mean, you're really solving a huge problem with just the plastic industry and all the stuff that's out there, but then you're also solving a huge problem like in the construction industry too. So it's like, you know, two birds, one stone. I don't know what the phrase is, but um, I think it's awesome. And, you know, it's just, there's so much good happening out there. And I, th I just hope people remember that, you know, you're just one person. And that's the whole point of this podcast is, you know, you could say, well, you know, I'm just one person. What can I really do? But, you know, you're just one person that literally invented a new process for, for doing something. So, which, which is amazing. So I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for doing that. <laughs> no, but there's also a team, right? This is a teamwork. And, and of course, I've been kind of uh, driving this, this ship, but, um, but, but there's also the good thing about working in this area in, in sustainability and and all these these kind of uh things that that create some positive change is that you get to know great people and and the people that's part of our team they love what they do they are super committed they are always opening every time i get into the office it's like well i got an idea and then i was like oh god what now but <laughs> it's like like they, they are always looking into making something new, ready to pivot, flexible. It's like, it's, it's a great working environment. And, and I would say 
everything I've done so far, we've done so far was uh, teamwork and and and, and I, I also need, as, as used to me, I need to thank my team for everything they have done for for our side and and the patience they have had to me. Ah, <laughs> that's so sweet. Um, I love that. Um, it's true. I mean, I'm I'm like a one man show over here, so sometimes I forget about all the other. I mean, there are so many people, and I think that's what that's also a huge part of sustainability. Is I mean, it's a systems oriented thing. You need people from lots of different industries, backgrounds to really be able to get to the root of the problem, which not, you know, some people are accountants and, and you can understand a lot of different things in accounting and you can, in law, you have certain kinds of lawyers for certain kinds of law and in sustainability, it's just a lens that you apply to all these other sectors, but you really need help from all those sectors to, to get it right. And so I think that's, that's, what's really fun about it is you know, you, you can't know everything. And so it's a, it's a really a community, community oriented, um, you know, sector or industry. So I think that's yeah, super because fun. Because it's transversal, right? And now it's, it's crossing every, every industry, every home, everything is now touched by, by sustainability. And as you say, it's impossible to know everything, but if you want to, if, if you want to offer broader solutions, you need to go out and hear what's going on and what, what are the opportunities and then you need experts in in, in every field collaborating so it, that, that's a good thing because it's every day is different right uh, same same with you it's meeting with different people all the time and getting to know these new stories i think that's that's a, a big part of the of the fun we have yeah yeah and to talk a little bit and you know i know we just talked about being community oriented but Let's just talk about you really quick for our, my last two questions um, that I always ask everyone on the podcast. Um, and I'm going to switch the order because I think when I switch the order, it makes more sense. And, and I like leaving on a positive note. So, so my first, um, cause sometimes we get into like the pet peeves and then I'm like, okay, podcast's over. We just like talked about everyone being annoying. Um, so I'll start with that. So, you know, when you think about there, there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that, you know, they may not even realize some of the habits they have or things that they do that's just sort of second nature to them. Um, and so I love to say, ask what your sustainability pet peeve is, is because people can then be like, oh, wait, I do that. And maybe I should change it, you know? Well, I would say mine is related, obviously, to packaging, right? Because I, I know what's behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I know every time I see people buying and, and, and we went through this, like everything which is small packaging, that drives me crazy. You know, it's like, um, it's uh, a lot of energy and a lot of waste for just one sip or one bite. And, and now it's like, if I would have like x-ray vision, every time I see something, I see if it's a laminate, if it's a, I don't know, what's in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, is it really needed? Like if, I don't know, if there's something that's, I don't know, it's crazy. Like when I go to the, there's this big grocery store that I don't want to name, but you buy the fruit and it comes protected inside like boxes of plastic and and it's like, really? What's the need? Like all these plastics. I, I, I would like to just take the fruits, you know, and just leave the packing there mm -hmm. and like 
take care of this is yours it's not mine why, why is this need and that's something that has been has become even worse with me moving to the u.s because in the u.s that tendency of, of using a lot of packaging it's it's big right so so i i think that's kind of what makes me makes me a little bit nervous and doesn't allow me to totally enjoy what I am doing because it's like I, I, I'm seeing what's next to the life mm -hmm. of that piece of plastic. I, I, along those lines, I know exactly what you're saying. And um, there's a, a store, I'm going to name them because I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go after them. But so it's called, have you ever heard of the container store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. Yeah. So I love. I mean, historically, I've loved the Container Store. I think a lot of people that like organized spaces, like that, is you know heaven to a lot of people. Like just walking into one of those stores. But we don't have. I don't have one of those stores in my state, so I have to order from them to get anything from them. So my first time, I, I should have learned my lesson. I had ordered like they were having a huge sale on Stasher bags. You know, Stasher, like the reusable silicon um, like sandwich bags. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, this is my chance to get a bunch. And they like not only shipped, so they shipped it to me and, and Stasher really tries to be thoughtful about their packaging. They threw them in like plastic bags, tied them up and then put them in a box and shipped them to me. And I'm like, literally I bought reusable bags so that I wouldn't have to have a plastic bag, but then you gave me the plastic bag. Like this didn't need to be shipped like this. It's ridiculous. And then today I, you know, I had ordered something from them. Um, so I'm like, oh, we're going to try this again. So I ordered something and they're shipping things to me as it's available instead of like grouping the package. So I got, I had ordered this big order and they sent me like one piece wrapped up in tons of bubble wrap and paper and in this huge box. Like th this could have fit in like a, like a little, little envelope box, you know, kind of th like you get at the post office, but it's sent in this, like, I can't even like, the, like a huge box. I'm like, this took up so much space on some plane or some train or truck. And this is so wasteful. Like there should be an option at least to group the order in as few packages as possible, which Amazon does. And they actually like give you, um, they give you, you know, money a dollar mm -hmm. for digital stuff uh, if you have things packaged together, which I think is so smart because um, not only is it eco-friendly, but there's an incentive, a personal incentive. And I'm just like, oh, this makes me so mad, Container Store, that you do this. So now I can't, I'm not buying from them anymore. But, <laughs> but it's like those yeah. types of things and people don't realize like, okay, now I have all this plastic wrap. Now I have to break down this cardboard box. Like, that's perfectly fine to use. That's just going to get sent to be recycled, which is just like a waste of resources. Yeah. So, okay, now I'm all riled up, but, <laughs> but like, and that goes to show, like, I'm not perfect either. Like I, we, in this world of trying to make sustainable choices, we, it's very, it's impossible to be perfect. There are things that I do that don't necessarily align with my values, but I don't necessarily have a choice. Um, and so my question is, you know, in this space where you're a sustainability leader, people look to you, especially as someone who sees plastic all the time and, and you're turning it into something new, you know, 
there's got to be times when you feel like a sustainability hypocrite. You're like, okay, you know, you know what happens to the plastic. So when you consume plastic, does that make you feel bad? Like, just sort of curious where your head's at in all this. Well, I'm, I try to be as good as I can. Like, for example, I've always, I, I use Amazon a lot, especially now with COVID. Like, yeah. And, and it's like, every time I buy something, every, every time I click on Amazon, it's like, what is worse? Just to order from Amazon and have the truck come here while they're always also coming to the other houses, you know, around me, or me picking the car and driving to the store, you know, and, and the highway. So it's like 10 miles that way versus, it's like, I, is it the, the Matrix, you know, like the, like the film, the movie where you see and you're, you're trying to calculate, <laughs> yeah. like, so definitely what I do is I put everything on a, on a same order, definitely. I do that, so I try to be uh, good there. But there's, again, there's no zero impact. There's always some impact, and, and it's not about being perfect, but about being conscious. So, but, but I, going back to your question, the only thing that really, really makes me feel sad is um, airplanes. You know, mm. I need to travel a lot. And every time, once in a while, it's like I, I get it. I go into these online carbon footprint calculators, and when I input the travel, it's like I'm I'm such an hypocrite because I'm trying. You know, I'm I'm thinking about the Amazon order, but I'm taking a plane, which is so um, you know so bad for the environment, and. That's the only thing that I, I can't find a different way because usually when I travel, I travel long distances and there's no way I can do it in, I don't know, by train or whatever, or by boat. But that, that hurts me a little bit. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to more sustainable planes. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. so I, 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 again, my conscience feels a little bit better. I, I know what you mean. I feel like I, I don't know of any sustainability people that, that doesn't feel guilty when they get on planes, when they travel. And it's interesting because my dad works for a jet engine company um, and ha like just like loves planes, loves the concept. And I know that his company is trying really, really hard to, to create an electric plane or, you know, uh, jet engines that like take uh, biofuels or there's even, I did a case study in grad school at Columbia on like, there's a way to take waste and to get like basically an additive that you can add to jet fuel so that you're making the jet fuel more efficient. Um, but only certain kinds of planes can like use that kind of fuel and it's, you have to, you know, there's only certain places that can make that kind of bio or, you know, waste fuel. I don't know, it's very complicated. Um, but I do think like that is on the horizon because ever I think everyone's just really aware of how much travel can um, you know impact your carbon footprint. But also there's this sense of like understanding that if we want to be cultural and we want to be educated people of the world, like we have to travel. Yeah, yeah. It's you like, need to yeah. experience new places, new things, new cultures, new languages to also be a person of the world that wants to protect the planet. It's like very hard to be a sustainability person and only stay in one place because you don't know what you're protecting, I think. 
Yeah, 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 totally. And, and you need to be in touch with, with uh, new things coming up, new ideas, you know, it's like, my, actually, I started working in sustainability after working on communication for many years, after traveling to Europe to see what was out there, right? So I stayed like six months, yeah, sorry, six months, hopefully, six weeks, and looking around, and I was like amazed by bus stops, it was like in 2010, I would say, bus stops with solar, you know, covers and, and recycling on the streets. And I was like, whoa, I, you couldn't see anything of that in Argentina at that time. So, so yeah, as you say, it's like it's going out there and it's part of, of growing and, and being capable of finding new things, knowing new people. Again, you know, uh, making making that that impact grow as well. So yeah, that yeah. hurts me a little bit, but yeah, I have to live with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I love it, and you know, I appreciate uh, you giving me some extra minutes because I know you're super busy because um, we're past our time. But uh, just wanted to for people that really want to contact you, get to know you a little bit more, or just want more information, Is what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Is it on LinkedIn? Is it through your website? Well, they can check our website, which is arclight.com, or also our Instagram, which is arclight underscore US. And there they will see a bit of information about the product, about plastics, microplastics, some of the things we've we went through here, like they can see within, in, let's say, normal language and easy to understand. Okay, great. People, we'll send people that way. And um, any uh, any parting thoughts? Any la anything else you want to say to listeners um, about ArcLight or about sustainability before we jump off? I I think we had a great chat, and and we we went through a lot of different different topics and I would say let's stay connected to what's happening out there and be, be aware and let's do our best you know it's not perfect it's our best and that helps a lot you know it, it requires effort and it requires sometimes a little bit more money right because if it were free and easy everyone would be sustainable <laughs> so true so true okay well Sebastian thank you so much for coming on I'm super excited for this episode to come out and I just I appreciate what you're doing and um, good luck with everything well thank you thank you very much it was a pleasure talking to you thanks for the space for having us here and yeah looking forward to staying in touch yes let's definitely stay in touch Like times like these that make me say Lord, if you see me, please come my way Like leaving brain drums or when I stray A lot of sacrifice in the price you pay Living like a fingertail Low-key and staying candid
reflect on all the things I try my hand at Search for the equation to persuasions I'm used to Finding comfort in the zones of classic bones I get loose to A mountain is fontaine Spinning in monsoon and grinning is high octane Explosive how I came Rolling down the hills cause life's a hassle Encircled by my folly like a moat surround the castle Stay afloat, catch a second wind Thin is the air I breathe Teary-eyed nose running, wipe the snout on my sleeve I'm calling on the savior to be all that I need Please forgive me, my behavior had me lost in life's speed